I would like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we meet today, the Arakwell people of the Bunjalung Nation, and pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging. Are you ready to win at the game of life? Well, throw out that rule book and get down to the business of being the best and most authentic version of you. Welcome to the Human Design Podcast. We're changing the rules around success, abundance, purpose, love, and life, where we're creating a planet where everyone can thrive in a world that loves and supports each other. I'm your host, Emma Dunwoody, a qualified master coach, human design expert, podcaster, and entrepreneur that is living the life of my dreams, breaking all the rules while doing it, making a huge impact, and living my design and manifesting miracles on the daily. Join me as I break down and simplify everything you need to live in alignment with your human design, teach you how to recondition your unconscious mind for greatness, and to take back your power so you can manifest your heaven on earth and serve the rest of the planet at the same time time. It's time to give up the fear and step into your highest potential, to reach for the stars, to know and live your greatness. It's what you deserve and it's what the planet really needs from you. So buckle up and enjoy the ride. Before you start listening to this amazing transits episode, I want you to stop everything that you're doing and listen to this. If you're wondering where that familiar Aussie accent is and you're wondering if you're on the wrong podcast, don't worry, you're in the right place. You're talking to Taylor. Hey, how you doing? And I asked Emma if I could come on and share this with you guys. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you've absolutely heard us talk about this. And it's something that I'm super passionate about in our business. And so I wanted to come share it with you. So if you use human design in your business in any way, if you're a coach or you want to use human design in your business, you have to hear this because it's responsible for so much of the growth that we've had this year. And I just can't keep my mouth shut about it anymore. So you've heard us probably talk about this body graph chart software that we use. And it's responsible for bringing more than 15,000 new leads into our business this year alone. Why does this matter for you? Well, if you use or plan to use human design in your business in any way, what you're going to find is that you're sending people to another major website or somebody else's platform for them to get their chart, when instead it could all be happening right in your own business. With the Body Graph Chart software, not only can you host your own chart software on your website so that you don't have to send people away, but you can also add them to your email list. You can follow up with human design information or any other information that's relevant to your business. You can build reading report tools where you can put your own information in to guide them through their journey in a way that is branded and unique to you. This is one of the most brilliant ways to build your own customer journey and to connect with people and to build your business and to create transformation for your clients and anyone that enters your business. We are obsessed, as you can probably hear in my voice, with this software. Like I said, it's brought over 15,000 new amazing people into our community just this year alone. And I don't know what we would do without it, to be honest. So I wanted to come on here and tell you about it so that if you want to try this tool, which I highly recommend that you do, I want to share with you a way that you can get 50% off for 12 months because these guys are amazing. Their customer support is amazing. And if the word software is already scaring you because you're not tech savvy and you don't know anything about websites or how to do these sorts of things, I want you to take a deep breath and don't worry because it's the 
easiest thing in the world to use. And like I said, their customer service is incredible. With just a couple clicks, you can have this thing up and running on your website in no time. So don't let the tech scare you away. It's really, really easy and it's so worth it. So if you want to try this out in your business, all you have to do is go to bodygraphchart.com. I'll put the link in the show notes and you can get 50% off for 12 months. I know, really generous of them. 50% off for 12 months if you use the code human design podcast, all lowercase, all together, human design podcast. You guys, try it. Okay, I'll leave you alone for the transits now. And if you have any questions about this, just reach out and ask us. Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. It is transits time again. So let me welcome the amazing Jenny Crowther. Welcome to the podcast, lovely. Hi, Emma. Hi, everyone. It is that time again, and I am just quickly checking my phone because I'm like, what month are we at again? So we're going to review October and we're going to look forward to November. And Jenny, do you want to kick us off? Like, what do we, what, what happened in October? Uh, closure, <laughs> in a word. <laughs> there was a lot of closure energy, um, at least in my observation. You know, we talked a lot in the last episode about the South Node in 32 which is the instinctive awareness of what can continue and what needs to change, you know, the gate of duration. And then when we go into the nodes this month, we're looking at 42, which is where the North Node is, the sacral power to get closure and end the cycle and learn the lessons, which is going to be the theme, you know, for the next two months at least. So October, we saw so much focus on 32 because we had the solar eclipse and the new moon in there. Uh, on the 14th of October. So for that for that week, the 14th to the 19th of October, it was the sun and the, the nodes and also the moon. Um, I'm, as you know, I'm not a great uh, astrology person, but the, the axis of eclipses that we're in currently is between Libra and Aries, and it's the beginning of the Libra-Aries um, axis. For, I think it's 18 months that it takes to get through this. So the Libra gate is the 32 and the Aries gate is the 42. And it's generally, you know, related to the balances, balancing act between relationships and being independent. And, and it's in, you know, it's an interesting, I'm born on the uh, October Libra Aries eclipse axis, not 32, 42, but 57, 51. So the one before it. And, um, and it, so my south node being in Aries, my north node being in Libra, I'm really comfortable being independent. I'm really comfortable on my own. And my growth area is in relationship. And I find it extremely difficult to be in relationship because I have, you know, historically I had to compromise so much about myself that um, it's just become untenable. So I think this for me is the whole theme. It's like if we have to compromise ourselves to the point of, losing ourselves or um damaging uh, you know ourselves really because we do you know in relationship we we can compromise to the point where it's just not healthy for us and yet somehow the energy of the relationship kind of pulls us along in it um so yeah that's kind of the theme that we're looking at with this nodal axis this eclipse season and and then you know the sun is going through the, what we call the spleen process, where it goes through every gate in the spleen, 
which often seems to affect our physical health. You know, I've had a chest infection almost literally from the day the sun went into gate 18. <laughs> I've had a chest infection and it's still hanging around. You know, I've still got like a really chesty cough. So, yeah. That. Oh, wow. That's not <laughs> ideal. And far out, don't even talk to me. I feel like I've either had some low-grade, you know, chesty, coldy thing or the worst, like I'm running to the bathroom every five seconds. I don't know what's going on. So I totally resonate with that. And I've just, I've heard so many conversations this month about exactly what you're talking about, that relationship piece. And the thing that I think is fascinating, and I think I want to do a whole podcast on this because the thing that I think is really fascinating is that I'm not hearing like he or she is a you know, awful person and they did these terrible things to me and now I don't want to be with them. I'm hearing, well, they're lovely, but my needs aren't being met um, and their needs aren't being met and we don't want to fulfill each other's needs, but they're still like really like each other. So I think this is a sign of things to come. I think this is really showing us the new world and the difference in consciousness, you know, like we're getting to this place now, especially because a lot of the conversations I've had, they are in people that have done a lot of the work that do have higher consciousness and they're in this place where there doesn't have to be a, like almost like a, a negative reason, like someone hurt someone emotionally, physically, spiritually, whatever, right? There's this new like, wow, is it okay to want more in a relationship? Um and I'm really curious to see how this is all going to start to play out because I couldn't I couldn't tell you how many people I've had, you know, heard say this this month. So I think it's going to be um, definitely a really big time of change. I think what I'm seeing and what, you know, what you and I are also experiencing is this understanding that you can actually have it all. Yeah. You know, if it's good for you, it's good for the whole. So if you can just lean into and trust what is good for you, even if historically that part of you or that need that you have has had to be compromised, it doesn't need to be compromised anymore is my feeling. It's like we have to do the hard thing, which is to say, this is my need. I know it's inconvenient, but I'm, it's uncompromisable. I need it. And trust that that is good for everyone the whole yeah. the person you you know it's not a selfish act actually I mean it may appear to be a selfish act initially because of our conditioning but I think what the universe is saying to us is you can advocate for your needs and set boundaries and, and ask for those boundaries to be honored by people and that's how we move forward yeah so so that we can it's like a win-win so we can we can feel like we're winning and, yeah. and not not overly compromised. Yeah, and I feel like it's really like opening the the window to this new paradigm because it's mm -hmm. going to be so much of the theme that we're going to be living under. You know, yeah. it's like we talk a lot about, you know, in this world that we do our work in, we talk so much about putting ourselves first from a self-worth perspective, from filling our cup up first, all of these things. But I feel like this, what we're talking about now, is where the rubber hits the road, where, you know, I, I think about in the States how, one person has to file for divorce and there has to be a reason like what this person did a bad thing to me and I feel like that is so old now I don't think that that's the thing and I think that's what we're starting to see play out so much more where um it's 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 simpler yet as you said it goes so against our conditioning because 
if it's um, it doesn't have to be perfect, we should just you know do the best and do the work and it'll all be okay. But what if we don't have to do that? What if it's just conditioning? What if it's actually well these are clearly my needs and these are your needs. Oh, you can't fulfill those and I can't fulfill yours. Cool. Let's just call it and move on. And I can imagine that so many of you out there and definitely the behavioralist in me like is like, oh my God, that's just quitting. That's just walking away. That's just da, 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 da. But again, like, is it? Is it? Because this is not the energy that we're moving towards. You know, this is not um, this whole like feeling obligated or we should do it or it's the right thing or that's all just other words for conditioning. So I'm really curious to see how it plays out, especially because mm. I've got the 40-37. So this whole like marriage thing, um, I've watched it over the years. Like I've always been very like not very but pretty black and white about it, um, really believed that you can, you know, get married once. My Both my parents I mean, my parents stayed together forever. Was that a good thing? I don't necessarily think that was a good thing. Um, but I'm just really fascinated to watch it because I even watched the what, the what I used to think you had to do in marriage to have a successful marriage and how that's been shifted and changed just by the world around me, by hearing other people's stories, other people's experiences, um, the, the experience of the children and, and how this can be such a good thing. And, like, I can just see my entire paradigm around relationship shifting and I just have a giggle because it's exactly what this new paradigm is all about so I can just see it in real time mm -hmm. it's so and it's so liberating the moment when you do the thing when you say the thing and you uphold it and it and if the other person you're dealing with has the consciousness to receive it the weight the the feeling in the body the weight that's lifted it's it's worth it I think yeah I totally agree and I think, I mean, I'm pretty sure we've said this in various different ways over the last two and a bit years we've been doing this podcast about the platform that we build the new paradigm on has to be a good platform, you know. It's not like, you know, this phrase, the ends justifies the means. It doesn't. The means is the ends. It's mm. like you can't have a future vision and then get there by compromised and nefarious and unhealthy means you have to keep the means healthy to get to the healthy place you know it, the end is built from honesty and um courage and self-love and yeah being unwilling to compromise on those things yeah absolutely so that's what we're seeing i think is the long and short of october there's an interesting activation now as we're recording we're recording on the 24th of October um, and the, uh, we've got the sun in gate 50, which means the earth is in gate three. And that means that the channel of mutation is back on the Pluto activation, Pluto in gate 60. So this root channel, the channel of mutation in the central channel, the individual circuitry, which was on a lot. It was in, I think it was March and then again, July, August because of the nodes. Um, so we've got another week of it right now. And, I'm kind of, I'm really quite enjoying this energy. I've got the flavour of it now, having had it on so much this summer, um, winter in your case. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's this energy to create, create order out of the chaos and to do the practical thing. So this is a small example, but it's totally this energy. After 
I've I've had the same MacBook for 12 years. It's like an old 2011 MacBook and it was like almost malfunctioning, you know, to the point where none of the updates worked anymore. And I, I've been aware for about a year and a half, maybe two years. That I think I need to get a new MacBook, but just there was no whatever. And then suddenly this week, two days ago, this energy's on and I'm just like, I just walk straight into the shop and I'm like, that, give me a new one. And then, so the, you know, I've used the example of, you know, when you get a new phone and it, you've got to go through the process of transferring all your data and all the things and none of your passwords and all that. So this week is one of those weeks where the broken thing or the thing that needs upgrading or that it gets, a, it's getting a boost. Well, so, um, so literally yeah. the last week, I'm, all I'm doing is focusing on upgrading all the HDX content. Like that's what I'm doing. Upgrading, upgrading, upgrading. It's so freaking yes. exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And I've just been watching it in little like ways around me. Like I'm currently staying with my aunt and uncle at their house on the beach and, you know, the fridge is broken. So we're fixing the fridge and the lighting's broken. We're fixing. So all these little fix it, the, the thing that you've been kind of putting off, but now it's the time. So yeah, I've spent the last two days transferring all my data from one MacBook to a new one um, and sorting all that out. So yeah, that's it. For those of you, when this goes out, if you look back, at the week between the 20th and the 26th of October and be like, oh, yeah, I see. Because then we get to understand the energy, right? We're like, oh, yeah, I understand what that energy does. There's a sudden pulse and then we can do it, that thing that we've been getting putting I, off and we get around to it eventually. Yeah, it's so funny. Like I, I could not believe how much I got through last week and even this week, like to the point that I could not construct a sentence all weekend. I was that tired. I even like I was dry, I had to drive up to the Gold Coast, which is about an hour from us, um, with Oscar. I had to get some things for Halloween and for his year six formal. And I'm driving up there, and I'm like, "Oh my god, I don't think I'm going to be able to drive back. I'm that tired." Would you believe that something on my car blew out, so that the tow truck drove me home? Like, oh, look at my manifesting. Look at me go. <laughs> don't worry about driving back. I'm a wheel to take care of that for you. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I just got that too. So that's also my CV shaft on my car upgrading. Like, oh, yeah. look at that. So a very, a very practical uh, get stuff done kind of week that we're in at the moment. Um, and then, uh, you know, <laughs> just before we hit record, I had a little wobble and Emma was like, what's going on with the transits? I've just checked the moon. We're currently in the moon transits as we're recording. So, uh, sorry, the emotional transits for the moon. So the moon is currently in the solar plexus rooting around. So also, that's also... a something to look out for every month i now got my eye on it is that it's about a 48 hour period maybe a bit more maybe three to two or three days where the moon goes through all the emotional gates so that's also for me one of those little transit pockets where you, just for a couple of days you're like what is wrong with me and then you're like yeah. oh, okay i see what i see what the situation is <laughs> so yeah that's my observation of october yeah big pretty big yeah yeah Big. It, it's actually before we hit record, one of the things I said is like I'm just in the messy middle, you know, like it all feels really like it's going to be awesome. It's just in the process. Mm. Yeah. When we get through, when we start to talk about the nodes um, for November and going forward, I mean, it's not like it's the, not the, the, the North Node has been in 42 for two months, but what we usually think of with the, with the nodes is it, it being a trajectory. So if we've got a five-month nodal trans, trans, transit, we're looking at two and a half months where we're 
really feeling the south node energy, which is the 32, and then two and a half months where the north node kind of takes over in the process. So we'll get onto that in a bit. So November, um, I always love this point of the year, this November turning point. Um, we begin the quarter of mutation, which is the fourth quarter in the human design mandala, um, the keynote being purposeful filled through transformation. Um, it's also the flipping of the wheel. So when you look at the second wheel of the year document on my website, um, we flip from a yin base to a yang base. So when you look at the structure of the hexagrams, everything from the, for the past six months, so from May through to November, every hexagram has a yang, a yin base, a broken line. And then when we get into this side of the wheel, we are in the yang base. So every hexagram has a yang unbroken line. So I, we have this thing where we, in a culturally, certainly in the Celtic culture that I'm sort of derived from, we have this uh, time where they say the veil is thin. So around, we we would call it Samhain in uh, the Celtic culture, which is Halloween, All Hallows, Day of the Dead, that kind of time. Um, the time for honouring ancestors. They say the veil is thin. There's, and and I, when you look at the flipping of the wheel, um, you can kind of see how that would be, like a twisted, you know, that yeah. makes sense. I, yeah. It's like, Yeah. So that's where we're at as we go in end of October into the beginning of November. Um, it's actually from the 6th when we go into the first gate of the fourth quarter, which is the first, uh, literally the first gate, it's gate one. So just a note for, for those who, um, who want to honour this period, um, I don't particularly enjoy the um, macabre, thing that goes on around Halloween um, because I think we lose sight of what it's for. I prefer to honour the Celtic calendar and to use it in the way that it is still very much used in many countries, which is this honouring of the ancestors. And so I have a shelf at home where I have found photographs of my great grandparents as well as my grandparents and they're all up on this ancestor shelf and then I light a candle I'll bring them fresh flowers and I'll honor them you know I'll um I don't necessarily think too much about their potential mistakes or the things that they struggled with in their lives I think of the fact that they existed so I have life you know and and I find that that I'm grateful for my life and I like my life. And um, even though, you know, human life is challenging, it's I'm very grateful to have the opportunity to experience human life. So that this is kind of my focus as we sort of go through the end of October and to the beginning of November is just holding, holding that sense of reverence and appreciation and gratitude for the ancestors. Uh, and <laughs> I did some work with someone who does family constellations and a lot of this, a lot of ancestor work. And she said, once you start to honour them, they stop clamouring for your attention. And I don't think I really understood what she meant at the time. But since then, since having made ancestor appreciation part of my practice, they stop. She's right. I hadn't realised that it was them that was clamouring beforehand, but there was this kind of noise, mental noise like they were trying to get my attention <laughs> yeah wow that's fascinating like because I'm the same I'm like I don't know what you mean like what 
I, I don't I don't like mm. I don't feel that. But then I do suppose I I have very constant conversation with a lot of my ancestors, but that's interesting. I, that's I think prior prior to that work with her, I'd ne- it had never occurred to me to be, to be grateful and to have a conscious relationship with my ancestors. Hmm. I just, you know, okay, my grandparents died. I don't remember my great grandparents, so you know, so mm. what? It was like this nothing. It was like this nothing relationship, mm. and since consciously bringing them in, yeah, there's there's a sense of peacefulness in my ancestral line that is palpable to me. Like I can feel it. Yeah, wow, that's pretty cool. Um, it is cool. I think I can't remember if I shared this last year, but I'm going to share it this year just because you know we're new listeners and all that. Um, there's a part of a prayer that I found on Tinterweb. Um, that I think really speaks to this. I'm going to share that little part of the prayer. It says, I thank my grandparents and ancestors who met so that today I breathe life and I release them from the faults of the past and from the wishes they did not fulfill, aware that they did the best they could to resolve their situations within the consciousness that they had at that moment. I honour them, I love them and I recognise their innocence. I bear my soul before their eyes and that is why they know that I do not hide or owe anything more than being faithful to myself and my own existence, walking with the wisdom of the heart. Hmm, that's beautiful. I love that. I've got goosebumps. It's basically saying, it's acknowledging that we can inherit these unfulfilled wishes and these regrets around, you know, faults. Gee, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we inherit them but we also we often don't even realize that's what it is we we adopt them as our own we think they're ours mm-hmm. and we're motivated motivated by them unconsciously and we're driven by them unconsciously and until we start to do some ritual work around it and and consciously release you know this is saying i'm releasing them from the wishes they didn't fulfill what it's not saying is so that i don't have to unconsciously be trying to fulfill their unmet wishes yeah yeah powerful stuff Mm. i love that yeah it's an interesting um yeah it's an interesting process to go through because it's something certainly in the culture i was raised in that's completely lost uh this Mm. idea of uh that the ancestors have any influence on us whatsoever you know it may it may go so far as to say oh yeah well if your great great grandparents went through a famine then you'll have a thing about you know Mm. always having enough food but they don't really acknowledge all of these uh wishes of the heart and dreams and all of that other stuff that we also inherit yeah and it's it's interesting like even when while you're speaking i can definitely i know for for me personally i definitely have and i would call it more of i know it's like it's not mine it's an addition to my dreams but there's definitely the unmet stuff of both my parents for sure. Um, and I think like a lot of lineage stuff for me that plays out, you know, like I know down my mum's side there was a lot of very powerful women who walked their own path. So I know that that's definitely with me. Um, but, yeah, I really love this. I love the idea of being able to, you know, release them from it. I suppose it's also kind of, like on that same sort of path as the past life stuff where, um, you know, until I really had this, you know, line three over here had a really palpable experience of how much your past lives affect you in this life. 
like I think there's probably a lot of that in there as well, you know, that, mm-hmm. that you're carrying these unmet dreams that maybe are playing a much bigger part than we realise. Mm. Yeah, and I think we're at a point now where, you know, if we're saying, you know, we talk a lot about the new paradigm, we can't build a new paradigm if we're still playing out. We we still, at a deep soul level, feel like we owe something for some unfulfilled something from someone who's no longer living, mm. even if, it, if it's a version of ourselves or uh, an ancestor. We, in order to actually build new, we need to release all of it so that we are yeah. not burdened by it and we don't owe them, you know, you, I think you hear it so often. It's like it's a common trope, like a common story storyline. Uh, I owe it to my ancestors to dot dot dot. Like yeah. it's almost like we we take pride in it and we think it's a a good thing. But if if we're over again, it comes back to what I was saying at the beginning about boundaries and our own our own hearts and our own wishes and our own desires. If we're if we're not meeting our needs because we're trying to act out some kind of owing to someone who's no longer living, then mm. I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure if that's, I'm not sure if that's what we need right now. No. And I don't think like, if you actually put yourself in their shoes, I don't think any of them were doing it for us. <laughs> they were doing it for them. Like that's the point. And it just goes from a, it goes straight back to this whole conditioning piece that we need to feel like um, our energy is, you know, whether the word is owed to, whether it is mm-hmm. that we have to, we're obligated to put our energy where other people say we have to put our energy, and that's just mm. not true. It's absolutely not true. I honour my ancestors every single day, but I don't do things for them. Like mm-hmm. I'm not driven by it. I'm inspired by my parents, that's for sure. I'm inspired by the lineage because, you know, we, we're related to a very famous explorer. Like I'm inspired by all of that, but I can't imagine that he's crossing freaking Antarctica on foot thinking, well, I hope all the, the next generations continue <laughs> to do this and, and they get to do what I never actually got mm. to do. Like, yeah, I think it's a, just a big part. And, again, I suppose when we reflect on it, it's also a lot of that cross of planning energy, you know, like um, it's just a very old model that's coming to an end now. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that we're talking about it today while the sun is in gate 50, you know, this yeah. gate of of uh, of historical values yeah. yeah so there's that as we start to you know as as you're listening to this podcast and we enter into the beginning of november that's kind of the focus um when you look at the quarter as a whole i.e. when when you look at the quarter as a whole you imaginarily activate every gate in that quarter so if you did that uh, the thing that would stand out that there would be one channel defined in this quarter, and that's the 3410, which connects the sacral gate of power to the G-center gate of the love of being yourself. It's called the channel of exploration, a design of following one's own convictions. So again, as we enter this final quarter of the year, that is the energy that we're that, that's the focus of the quarter, which is the energy that says, um, I know this might sound like it's like the individual power to say to the people in your life, I know this might seem strange to you all and you might not understand this, but I have to try this thing. I have to find the strength to follow my own convictions. This matters to me. It's important. I need to do it. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but the alternative of not doing it is not an option. So that's basically the energy of the next three months. It's this. Wow. 
It's so powerful, isn't it? You know, and yeah. I'd put, like put that invitation out for everyone listening. You know, like what is that thing? What is that thing that up until now you haven't been courageous enough to do because um, because you think it's selfish or because you think you're going to hurt someone or because you think um, you don't know how or what the exact steps are? Like you don't need any of that. It's it's this is your invitation. You are supported by the energy of this quarter to be able to, you know, follow your convictions. Yeah, and these are not awareness centres. This is a sacral centre and a G centre. They're not awareness centres, so it's like it's just the power to do it, power to be yourself, power to love yourself, power to do your thing. So it's going to be hard to translate into language, but it's it's a strong power. It's the strongest power in the body graph, you know. Mm. So that's the theme of the quarter. Um uh, which is, you know, how long's a quarter? It takes us from now till basically almost the end of January. Um the other sort of striking thing when you look at this quarter as a whole is the sacral and root dominance. Uh, it's got four sacral gates, six root activations, and the sun will start to transit those sacral activations on the 17th of November, continues through them. So it goes 14, power skills, 34, power of the great, nine, gate of focus, and finally gate five, the gate of fixed rhythms, through to the 8th of December. So there are four sacral gates in a row for the sun to transit. Um, so just it, we're, we're looking again at the theme of personal of power for personal transformation for this cycle, this trip around the sun. It's like what new realization of our own potential have we attained since last winter or summer in your case. So we get this every every year we get this reevaluation, this reassessment of, uh, yeah, self-empowerment. Mm, exciting times far out especially coming into into summer like I feel like there's so much energy of summer as well and maybe for you guys in you know the on the other other side of the planet it's more about this transformation through taking care of yourself and hibernating and just letting go of the things mm -hmm. yeah 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 it's I mean we've talked about it again a lot on this podcast about the the lovely balance that we have where we we get to reflect because we're, we live on opposite sides of the planet. We get to reflect on these differing themes, the way that these energies are perfectly balanced. Like you say, the, this power and this, all this root and sacral activation is sunny in your world. It's, it's warm and it's daylight and it's bright. And in our world, that transformation happens through, like you say, deep wintering. The, like I mentioned earlier, the G center gate that kicks off the whole quarter is the pure yang gate, the gate one, the gate of the creative. So, this informs the next six weeks. The sun will be in gate one from the 6th to the 11th of November, but Mars is already there from the 1st of November. Mercury will be there too from the 30th of October, um, and it will be grounded by the Earth in gate two, which is the programming partner, the pure yin to the pure yang. So there's a lot of focus with Mars, Mercury, and the sun in gate one at the beginning of the month. Um, Mars is actually moving very close to the sun for the whole of November. So there's, you know, Mars is this action energy it's I kind of say uh, it's all like masculine 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 mm. isn't it mm. well I mean yeah. obviously you did just say that that's what we're moving into for this quarter but it's like yeah. wow yeah. that's a lot yeah it's it's really highlighted this this uh, attention on the action the the masculinity the the doing energy yeah, if you like rather than like, the receiving energy exactly. it's the doing taking yeah. the action yeah yeah and then the this activation in one and and two it gonna it sparks then the the beginning of activations in the central channel in the body graph so we've spoken about this 
quite a lot over the last couple of years. There was a period of time where the nodes are moving through the central channel. Um, so to summarise, for those who are newer, uh, after gates one and two, the sun will then go into 4323, which makes a channel, the channel of structuring from the Ajna to the throat, and then followed by the 14 and the eight, which are, you know, the the gates at the, the harmonic gates for one and two. So this is all about empowerment of moving in your own individual direction, voicing your own knowing, having the courage not to follow the herd, to explore your own dreams and passions and interests and creativity and what life is providing for you. You know, all of that is very um, much given this individual focus at the beginning uh, of November. And then following those oppositions, we then get the 3420. So we get almost the like the cherry on the cake of the go your own way thing, a real shot of self-empowerment. So the overview of the flavor of November is this, there's a big focus on individual empowerment as part of the process of personal development. That, because it's individual, probably won't make sense to anyone else. It's just something that we have to have the courage to follow, mm. which isn't you know easier said than done because we're deeply conditioned or certainly my observation of individual circuitry is it's pretty conditioned to uh, compromise itself for fear of how the tribe or the collective is going to react. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, that's because very it, true. It's, it's, it is about individual knowing, but it's the kind of individual knowing that it can't really be understood by anyone else. Like, you know, for yourself and that's it, yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. I know like I have this real, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like polarity in me, you know, I'm a cross of planning, but I've got the energies of the cross of duality. And oh my goodness, like whenever I am focused with a big decision, how my, how I feel is like, yeah, I've got clarity when I'm thinking about me. Nope. But what about the tribe? Nope. But what about me? Nope. But what about the tribe? Like it's a real, it's a challenge. And I think, as you say, like a large part of that is because we're so conditioned to focus on the tribe and we've been under this governing tribal energy for the last, you know, nearly 400 years. Um, and, of course, because we're now at this, you know, the tipping point or what I kind of call the, the crescendo, everything is up for grabs. So we're just being faced with you know, all the decisions we've made in the past amplified and being asked like, really, really, do you want to go down this same path or are you going to turn right instead of left? So I think that with the individual circuitry, that is one of the hardest things um, to be doing is to actually go, I have no good reason other than it feels correct for me. Like that's a good enough reason. That is a good enough reason. That is the reason. Yeah. <laughs> that is the reason. And it's interesting. I'm going to put a pin in what you just said about taking, you know, changing paths because I got a bit on that in a minute. So that's the overall flavor of November. Let's get into the the nodes a little bit. So as I mentioned, looking at uh, the North Node to see sort of where the focus moves to for the next few months. Um, North Node in Gate 42, that's a sacral activation. It's a power gate. It's called the Gate of Growth or Increase. It's often associated with closures, ends uh, as part of a cycle of development. So it's in the abstract circuit and it's a format energy for that circuit. And there's a key line in the gate description from the definitive book of human design that says, before you can begin a new cycle, a former cycle must be brought to its natural end 
or what was left unfinished or incomplete will have to be revisited in the new one. So if we don't successfully manage to really get the closure and go through that process of learning the lessons, then we have to we'll have to do it again next time. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, but but the gate this North Node energy is bringing the tenacity to get things finished and reflect on them and learn and. It also has an affinity for learning the lessons of history. Like I'm not doing that again. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not going through this again. I'm sick of this. So, and it's you know it's collective circuitry. So we might also then be sharing. I, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm sick of this. Everyone, by the way. Yeah. I feel like that's a big theme, isn't it? Like mm-hmm. it just is. Mm. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's popping up all over the place. Even if we don't feel like we've got some major life shift that it'll be happening on a smaller level just on a yeah on a, on a the, it, i would say look for it because it it might be minor it might be but it might meet mean a lot if you my observation is you know when something's done when it upsets you more than it should <laughs> like yeah. out of all proportion that's for me anyway how i know that some that this is my body or the universe trying to communicate with me it's because like am I, why am i so upset about this and it's because it's trying to get me to pay attention to mm. to the thing, you know, something that the rational mind will think, this is minor, this is not really that important, bigger picture, you know. Let's not talk ourselves out of how we actually yeah. feel about something. From a Gene Keys perspective, which we always like to do, um, we have the shadow in the 42 of, the, of expectation, this idea that the future is going to be better than the present, postponing our happiness, if you like, Um there's also the tremendous impact that our expectations have on what we actually perceive. You know, if you expect something, then that's what you're looking for and that's what you will perceive. So equally, if we can expect greatness, if we can expect life to bring us wonderful things, then we might actually spot that that's happening. Because if we don't look for it, we might miss that that's, there's a gift here. So again because this is collective circuitry i like to think about the collective expectations and i think we have to be pretty careful what we expect to happen to us as a species you know our cultural narrative our stories our movies they are full of disastrous expectations (laughs) when you look to the future most of the movies are disaster movies so i think we have to be mindful of how much attention we give to that for those of us that are actively consciously involved in creating attempting to create a world that is not that um yeah we have to be careful what our unconscious expectations for the future are you know the, like i said the present moment the the ends just and the means thing the present moment is what gives birth to the future and mm. the, the present moment is the only place where transformation can actually take place so if we have a, a clear idea of the ideals that we have for the future we have to be acting that out in the present moment yeah, absolutely. And I like I think so much of what you just said, it's like this personal and it goes back to the individual thing. Like we have to learn to value ourselves, our focus, um, our own determination, you know, to be I, I am actually gonna choose to filter everything that I pay attention to. Um and I know sometimes that found, sounds like a really big effort, but it's really not. Like I've found over the years that anything I need to know comes to me. Anything that's important will show up in enough time for me to deep dive into it and go, okay, now I have an opinion, I have an experience. Um, 
Because you're absolutely right. So much of this mainstream entertainment is actually teaching us what to think. It's teaching us how to create the future because they are fully aware of how we create our future. So this is the way they get everyone to create it for them effectively. So I think that's really, really important for us to be so conscious of how powerful we are, you know, like I love, as I always say, like I'm winning or learning. It's never a failure, never a failure. You know, I was just helping one of the girls where I keep my horse, can't get her horse on the float, can't get her horse on the float. She dropped 150 bucks to get this guy to get the horse on the float on the weekend. And um, he just drove off. He didn't get the horse anywhere near the fucking float. And of course, me being me, I'm like, I'll give it to, come on, let's just do this. We're going to do it this way. We're going to do this way, do it this way. And she's throwing tantrums and she's like, you can't do this and you can't do that. And I'm like, do you want the horse on the float in a calm and civilized manner so he will self-load himself in a week or what? And what I thought was so fascinating is I just kept saying to her, stop telling all the stories about how he's not going on the fucking float. He's going on the fucking float. Like in me, in my world, it's inevitable. He's either going to go on in this next minute or this next half hour or this next two hours. He's going on. And the point is like the horse went on five times on Sunday, three times on Monday. Um, and I like this is the power of our attention, the power of our focus, the way we choose to set up our own mindset, our supercomputer that sits between our ears. You know, that's why I'm always banging on about human design is a way that we can recondition this powerful brain and mind that we have to be in alignment with our authenticity of our truth. But we have to do the work. We have to choose not to constantly focus on our shadows like just mm. accept that okay there this is the fear expression of this energy and but what's my potential and focusing on the potential and every time you don't hit the potential what did you learn what is the gift keep moving towards the potential not denying the hard stuff or the pain or the shadow but actually learning from it letting it be your great teacher and i think that's where we are in history and it, mm. that's what history is going to tell is whether we could get over our own misery and suffering to actually focus forward on this beautiful world and take the steps we need to take in, as you say, the present moment right now, choosing to see that everything is working for us, not to us or against us. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yes. <laughs> Rant over. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's this, do you know what? My teacher, my meditation teacher has this phrase that he says, and he's, it's, it's not that life is suffering, it's that we turn it into suffering. Mm. And, and you know, the, the historical Buddha, Siddhartha Gautama, who lived two and a half thousand years ago, taught the path out of suffering. And so there is this kind of misconception that Buddhism is all about suffering, but it's actually, not, it's actually the opposite. It's saying it, do, it doesn't need to be suffering. Mm. It, you can, there is a path, there is a way to live um, that is not suffering, that is Delightful. And it, and I really think this, you know, this gene key speaks to this because the gift is the gift of detachment. And, and that is something that is also associated with Buddhist practice. Like, oh, you're just detached. You're not even really in the world. And it's like, no, detachment is not dissociation. It's kind of its opposite, actually. If you have a detachment from any sort of preference about what you want to experience, then you are actually experiencing what's there to be experienced. So there's a sense that you feel more rather than less. You know, when you're detached from, oh, I don't want to experience that or I do want to experience that. No, I am I am experiencing. This is life. This is happening. It's it's here. I feel it, all of it. 
and you yield to the sensations of life without the need to act them out. And you accept that life is spontaneously trying to live through every single one of us every moment of every day. And there is a tremendous potential for uh, bliss, enjoyment, love to be experienced in the moment if we can get out of the way. Yeah. And, you know, uh, we can. I think getting out of our own way is so much simpler than we realise, you know. Mm. It just starts with believing that it's inevitable, that mm-hmm. whatever we want to create or whoever we want to be or whatever we want to heal, it's inevitable. Just mm-hmm. Let's just start with that, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we get to the city of celebration, which is, you know, Richard Rudd talks about that when you actually detach, from, you know, the gift of detachment, when you detach from the illusion of time and therefore the illusion of birth and death and you end up just immersed in the river of life with no concept of its source or its culmination where it came from where it's going you can't do that with a river it where did a river begin well it began everywhere there's water right like it began in the clouds it began in the ocean it began in your tap it began in your body water begins everywhere it is a complete cycle and so there's this sense that the celebration that the 42 is talking about is this, there's just water and energy and movement and wetness and life. And there's this sense of celebratory joy that swells up when you stop trying to grab the river and force it to do something and you just get wet. Mm. Oh, I love that. And I'd say, you know, that's almost one of my principles of life. You know, I, oh, my God, I've tried the hard way, resist everything, you know, try to control things, force things, avoid pain. Oh, my God, mm-hmm. I've tried to mm-hmm. avoid pain and suffering half my life. But, God, it's it's fun when you turn towards it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm reading this brilliant book at the moment. It's called um, A Life Well Lived, and it's by a holistic physician who is still practising today, and she's 102 years old. And it's her Whoa. six principles for life. Um, Dr. McCleary, McCleary. Um, and oh my God, you, you know, these simple principles are so powerful. And what she, what you've just said reminds me of one of them is one of her principles is life is movement, you know, and she talks about, you know, if you are, um, just sitting in your suffering or if you're stuck, you know, like we hear that word all the time in the personal spiritual development word, I'm stuck. So move, Mm -hmm. move with it, move with the problem, move into the problem, move through the problem, move towards like dance around the room, shake in your body, just freaking move, get unstuck. Cause once you're unstuck one way, you're going to get unstuck in all ways. And I just, yeah, it's such a brilliant book because it's, She's the living proof, the evidence of, again, because I'm so into the whole biohacking world as well and I'm trying all these different things at the moment and a lot of the time I'm either running to the bathroom or feeling sick or going, oh, my God, look at my, like I have so much more energy or it's this real like swinging back and forward. And then I read her book and just go, "Mm, women do it so much more, more simply than men do it, you know, like, yeah, just stick to these principles and, you'll still live a really long, healthy, happy, vital life. <laughs> uh, speaking of, while well, we're doing Jenny and Emma's book club, uh, I'm reading a book called Eve at the moment, which is about, which is the history of the evolution of the female body. Um, it's beautiful. It's wow. so good. You know, she's really gone to town on, you know, 
why did mammals start lactating? Like, how does milk get produced? And why? Like, it's really fascinating. You know, for those who don't know, most medical research is done on the male norm. So they don't use female bodies because our hormones are too... Uh, inconsistent. Inconsistent, yeah. So you can't get a scientific, you know, no, standard. Yeah. yeah. And there is no research done on pregnant bodies because... Yeah, of course, you're not going to do med. Yeah, they're pregnant. You're not going to do medical <laughs> research on it. But so for that reason, we they don't know much. Um, so, yeah, she's she's addressing that. She's written this book as a platform for women to understand their own bodies and their, the evolution of their bodies so that they can relate to them in a way that helps them to understand why our bodies are the way they are, why we have, you know, fat in certain places and what the biological requirement of that fat is. And, yeah, it's a really fascinating book. Mm, sounds fantastic I think it's it's so fascinating you know being typical Emma like a foot in each camp like just watching and reading all the research around all the biohacking stuff and it's all predominantly done on men and every time I say so can I change the dose or could I do it this way or could I do it that way they all look at me like why why would you do it that way because I am like a third of your size and you know, this is, I feel like this is the thing that needs to be tested here. So I think it's just, yeah, I think that the human body, the female body, like far out, it's so much wiser than we give it credit, you know? And um, mm -hmm. yeah, I it's not, I mean, just watched, no, I'm just going to say, I literally just watched one of the mares where I keep my horse foal, um, have mm. a little bubby and just watching her body, you know, like running the, running the milk, getting prepared, the way, everything. It's just so fascinating. And they, no one tells them what to do, you know. They know what to do and when to do it and how to do it. And Yeah, mm. it's fascinating. Well, if you're experimenting with dosages of stuff, you should read this book because she talks about it's not just about size and mass of the female body. The, our livers function differently. Yeah. They, they metabolise uh, differently. I'm so sensitive. Like I'm so sensitive to anything. Like even not mm -hmm. that I really take things like Panadol or Paracetamol or anything, but I would never take two. There would be absolutely no reason. Like when I had my cesarean section and both kids, um, their standard is they give you Panadine Fort, like this really high-dose Paracetamol um, and Ibuprofen the day after, like as soon as you've delivered. And I had staples in me and I'm like, I'm good. Like it's uncomfortable, but I'm good. Like mm. don't get that shit near me. I don't want it. So I think that's fascinating because ultimately it comes back to everything we talk about all the time, right? It's about learning to trust the wisdom that is already within us. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But I think we also need re-educating, you know. We need some help because we've all been educated to the biological male norm that yeah. science uses for its research so yeah yeah good good book club diversion i feel yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> um to summarize on the 42 when we when we look at the hexagram in the i ching from hillary barrett's i ching book the image of an overflowing pot increase growth superabundance, and the question this is from her book what would you do if you knew you were blessed what if there were no limits what could change for the better so where she, the, the I Ching is inviting us in this to stop expecting limitations. Oh, my open, God, I love this. Dream big, you know, really big, shoot for the moon. So all of us in the next couple of months are being asked this question. What's the biggest and best thing you can imagine? <laughs> but can you be unattached to it? 
because you know there's this roomy quote live as if life were rigged in your favor and i think it's really hard to do but really expansive when we actually remember i we i used to have that we used to have little chalkboards around the retreat i worked on and that was one of the chalkboards that was up and every day you'd see it you'd be like oh yeah life is rigged in my favor this is happening for me like you said not to me mm. i know i do you know for years that was part of you know I would be like, oh, wow, I'm way too Pollyanna. I'm way too positive. I'm way too this, I'm way too that. Um, And then I ended up with seven years of the most awful experience in depression and panic disorder I've ever experienced my entire life. And I'm just like, wow, we really have, that life is always rigged in our favour. It's just the Mm -hmm. choice of how we look at it, what we make it mean. Um, Yeah, and I reckon the older I get, the more surrendered I am, the more I'm like, I'm just on the journey. Let's just do this. Let's see what's possible. And I actually had a, another session with Ainsley McLeod the other day and I just love him. He's just such an incredible human. And, um, you know, like he's, I was t- telling Taylor this today, he's chatting to his guide. So he's not talking to me at this point. And I'd asked him a question about the business and he's like, he's kind of mumbling under his breath and he's like, yeah, okay, sky's the limit. Yep, yep, sky, yep, sky's the limit. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> And, like, I'm hearing this and I'm, like, waiting for him to tell me. And he doesn't even tell me. He's like, yeah, just go build your list. I'm like, but you said sky's the limit. And he said, yeah, Emma, you already know that. You already know that. And I'm like, so I feel like this is, I would say to everyone, go back a minute or two to the questions that Jenny just posed and press pause and freaking journal on them because I am. Um, Because I think this is also where we live right now in this moment in time. We, we, we've talked a lot about potential probably, what, for the last 100 years, right? Um, and now we're actually starting to live it. We really live in a time where we can really access potential and not just Napoleon Hill, you know, not just some famous sprinter. Like all of us, we all have the potential to access this that's within us, which I, as you guys already know, believe that human design is such a huge way that we can access that because ultimately, as I said on my last podcast episode, if there is anything in our life that is challenging us or we're resisting or we're in this place where it's all too hard, it's because we're out of alignment. We're out of our authenticity. It goes back to what you were saying earlier, Jenny, about boundaries. It's like Mm -hmm. everywhere that we're not in that truth of ours that's where we're making it harder for ourselves. That we're, that's where we're feeling discomfort, the struggle, the, all of these, you know, mind stuff. But, yeah, I think we're so supported to dream big and manifest big. It's so exciting. Mm. Yeah. And it'd be interesting, you know, if you have a dominant circuitry in your chart, it might be interesting to see what your dreams are because mine are always collective. Like, it's for me, I'm so collectively wired both of my channels are collective channels. Most of my gates are collective gates. And I'm so oriented to the collective. It's like, it doesn't, for me, it doesn't matter. It's like, I'm, I'm talking peace in the Middle East when I'm, you know, dreaming big. Like yeah. that's my and kind you're of a orientation. profile, you know, like yeah. you're so made up for that. And it's funny, like even that question, what makes me giggle about that question is I go straight back to my polarity because mm-hmm. I I want to make a huge impact, huge impact, so that I can take, take care of the family. And that for me is like it's not just my family, it's everyone that's in my world is my family. Um, mm-hmm. And making sure that that family is in planet Earth, that family 
is just going to, you know, go from strength to strength to strength, from generation to generation to generation. So I feel like I have both. Mm, yeah. So just uh, like, well, for those of you who are playing along and journaling on these things, journal freely and then have a look at your circuitry and see if you can see the the orientation yeah, of your desires and your dreams. All right, let's get on to uh, the, out, the outer planets. Uh, last month, we reminded ourselves of Pluto and Neptune floating out there in the far distant part of the solar system uh, in the gates 36 and 60. And this time we're going to come a bit closer and look at Uranus, Saturn and uh, Jupiter, so the inner gas giants. Um, Uranus, starting with the furthest out, has been in gate 23 since early May this year, and it's going to stay there until June next year, 2024. Um, it will dip into gate 8 for a few months and then go back uh, to gate 23 from December 24 to March 2025. 20, so it's still it's quite a really pretty long transit this Uranus 23 thing uh gate 23 is the gate of assimilation it helps us to assimilate new knowings into the world to be potentially understood by others um and it, at its best 23 can split apart which is its name in the teaching all of the extraneous information and communicate something in potentially simple terms something quite complex it's a spokesperson for individual voices to be heard and so it's not really expressing something morally, like right, wrong, good, bad, in order to convince the collective of something. It's actually just communicating an individual knowing. And what we're seeing, you know, culturally is there can be a lot of mental intolerance of individuality in a culture that is mostly shaped by collective and tribal values. So what's happening with Uranus is this the uniqueness and the novelty that Uranus brings is that it's becoming either increasingly tolerant of the right to free expression of the individual or not. So we're seeing this kind of, it's getting easier and easier. <coughs> Hello. Is that Sorry, Alice? It's Alice. She's <laughs> looking at me from over the, over the back of the desk, like, come and get me. No, <laughs> sit there for a bit. Um, that's Alice expressing her individual knowing. I, yes, I want to be she's a by very. She knows a lot, and she's a very, very big individual. <laughs> so we're seeing this in the culture. We're seeing the the how easy it is to express our individual knowing. Just you know, I mean, it literally is easy. Everyone can self publish in multiple platforms and have it communicated to a lot of people. So it's mechanically, physically, just a lot easier to express an individual knowing and that can feel a bit overwhelming because there's so much we're used to, we're historically used to a cultural narrative that's been tested and we all get behind. That's the function of collective circuitry is to filter the individual knowings, assess them, put them through a pattern testing process, and then eventually get to a point where we're like, okay, we've been through this process. This collectively is something we can get behind. We're kind of used to that, but that's falling away. You know, this Uranus in 23 is making it much easier to express an individual knowing. And then th some of those individual knowings are being dramatically taken down by the collective. So this, you know, the, the whole thing where like what I was I think to myself, what is cancel culture? Like, where is this coming from? And it's the or not of Uranus in 23. It's this. I will I, I will not tolerate you speaking your individual truth is what cancel culture does. 
Mm. It doesn't acknowledge this individual's right to free speech. It completely does the opposite. Mm. So we're in this weird kind of both and kind of place with this where we're hearing a lot more individual voices saying, I know what's true for me or I don't know. Um, But then the collective, of course, is doing the collective thing and being tolerant or intolerant, depending. Mm. So, yeah, that's the that's the moment that Uranus has us in. It's an interesting thing when you actually look at this gate and in its, you know, because I'm talking about it from a kind of not selfie perspective or the way that it's used or otherwise by the collective generally. But when you actually look at the potential in this gate, there is something to acknowledge that everything that humans have clung to as absolute truth historically at some point has been replaced with something new. You know, there's ne- there's not this absolute truth that we've all figured out and now we're just like, okay, good to go. So that process continues with this evolution of individual knowing from the I Ching uh, on 23. Everything that is built up, power or achievement or the edifice of self and identity must continually erode away. It leaves behind an enriched inner world and a quiet sense of being at home here. This gate in its perfect form, it isn't constantly blabbing away saying, I know this, I know that, no, listen to me. It's actually listening deeply to its own inner sense of being at peace and at home within itself. Its own sense of expansive identity, if you like, rather than narrow identity. Uh, and it communicates just right, just a few words or a gesture or just a, the simplest possible way of expressing something that isn't trying to convince anyone. It's just pure expression. It's just saying, here's a truth. Here's an individual knowing in the moment. So hopefully we'll, you know, evolve and get to that point. Jupiter's going to go into gate 23 with Uranus next uh, April, April 2024. So we might see a bit more, (laughs) a bit more cancel culture, a bit more, you know, Jupiter brings an abundance of this energy. Mm. But overall, this, the Uranus moment is we're getting, we're, we're trying to figure out as a collective how to deal with individual truth. It's fascinating, isn't it? Just watching all of this play out and seeing how these themes are just playing out in the background and I don't know, like it just fascinates me. Yeah, yeah, it is. I agree, totally fascinating. But like having this this lens to look through, this human design transits lens to look through, I find just brings me so much peace and interest. I just, you know... I used to look at the world in a pretty judgmental way. Now I just look at the world like, oh, huh, interesting. I see what's going on, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, Saturn, meanwhile, is also in the individual circuit uh, in gate 55. Obviously, we've spoken about it quite a lot because it's been there a while. Um, so this is an emotional individual activation. It's the gate of spirit. Uh, and it's pos- also one of the perspective mutations that's going to bring about a new way of relating to each other through the the evolving awareness of the solar plexus center uh it's been in 55 a couple of times already this year it's there in march and april it's been in there since august uh in its retrograde it will station direct in gate 55 on the 4th of november and will continue there until late january so in a nutshell we are experiencing connection to spirit or not And I went through a few months of the or not in the summer. I felt really this, you know, this emptiness, this kind of spacious, it could almost be described as melancholy 
I was describing it as emptiness. It felt empty, this absence of a connection to spirit. But because I knew it was happening, it was fine. You know, I thought like, I think if I hadn't had this information and this awareness of what was happening with the transits, I, I might have been a bit like, oh my God, have I become dissociative? What the hell's going on? Because I usually have a pretty strong connection and this feeling of communion and companionship and, you know, like I, it's don't, I'm never alone, but there was a real sense of emptiness and aloneness. But um, I was kind of all right with it. So fascinating. Saturn in 55 is, and I mean, also, you know, we're still talking about this individual stuff. All through the summer, we had that two-month channel 360 mutation in the individual circuitry on. So it was my observation that all individual circuitry was getting mutated in some way. It was changing or its expression in some way. So people with, you know, any channel of individual expression it was being changed in that period. And so Saturn in 55 is an expression of that. Our um, Each individual's relationship to spirit is having some kind of change process go on. I definitely resonate with that. I don't feel like mine's a change, but mine's like that final penny dropping, like, oh, mm. wow, it really has just been there all along the way I thought it was when I was mm. little. Crazy. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's individual knowing, isn't it? So, yeah. but like, say, for example, if someone had a channel 1-8, the way that they know what their creative expression is about and they know how they want to contribute may have changed or they've had more awareness around, oh, I see what it is. Or strugglers, you know, 28, 38s, I'm not willing to struggle for that anymore. Or, I am now willing to struggle for this or an awareness of, yeah, what they want to, what challenges they want to accept or not. And all that kind of stuff, I think, the individual circuitry is being changed, being mutated. It's nature is mutation anyway. So 55 is the abundance is strictly a question of spirit gate. You know, it's this, it's this awareness that we, it's like we were talking about life is rigged in your favor. You just have to be aware that life is happening. And is that, isn't that a gift is what the 55 is inviting us all to to gravitate towards this sense of sometimes I feel full, sometimes I feel empty, sometimes I feel happy, sometimes sad, sometimes it's pleasurable, sometimes it's painful. It's all changing. It's all life. And what a gift to be here at this moment in time in this body with these people experiencing this thing. You know, we, it, it's, it's the 55 is inviting that attitude. It's inviting us to what is in the Gene Keys language, freedom, true freedom. The essence of the 55 is about the freedom to experience, not the freedom to necessarily just act any way we, we want to act or the freedom to, what, sorry, I'm babbling a bit, but the, I'm trying to isolate my thought. It's the freedom from ideas of what's supposed to be happening, I think. It's, the freedom from our preconceived notions of what we need or want to be happy. And it's freedom to actually in the moment, acknowledge the abundance of the moment that's already present. For me, that's freedom anyway, this freedom to be with what is happening as a pure experience of life. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also like, <clears throat> it's also a fantastic um, 
indicator of where we're at in our own journey, you know, when we can be in this place where curiosity has completely replaced judgment, expectation has been left by the wayside and just the knowing that whatever is on the other side is going to be awesome and even the hard stuff falls into that category. I mm. think, yeah, the 55 for me in that freedom piece is exactly that. It's That's why I love that metaphor of like a spirited horse or a spirited child. They have absolutely no concern about anyone else's opinions. They're just doing them, living life, assuming everything is perfect just as it is. Mm-hmm. It was so cute. I did a little new moon eclipse fire tiny, tiny little ceremony with a friend. And my uh, my nephew, my three-and-a-half-year-old nephew, was at the house and he came out and wanted to join in with us. And so part of our fire ritual is we burn, in this case it was dried mugwort, and we, we you know, we ask for things, we, we intend things, we put things into the fire to transmute them into, you know, I would like more peace, more this, more that. And he he wanted to play, but he has no concept of more, you know. It's all brilliant. It's all perfect. It's all just now. He's so present. And, and so he just, you could see his little brain like, uh, I'm just going to put this stick on the fire just because I want to put yeah. the stick on the fire. Exactly. I want <laughs> to put the stick on the fire. I, I want, want that to burn. Want to burn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it just, it, it really is that kind of energy with the 55, this abundance of whatever it is is happening right now it's it's great yeah i love that final thought on jupiter to complete the process of looking at the outer planets um jupiter's retrograde has been taking it back through gate 24 since mid-october and it's going to continue to do so until the 26th of november so six weeks pretty much uh its retrograde will then take it further back into gate 27 so gate 24 which is where it is this month is the gate of the return in the uh, Ajna Centre. It's natural and spontaneous process of transformation and renewal is its keynoting. And, you know, this is, you know, I said earlier, I'm going to put a pin in that comment about a path. So this is where we're getting to. The key lesson in this gate is returning to the origin. Um, And I was having a conversation with a client the other day about the original intention of anything and how it impacts the result. So there's an ancient proverb that goes with this um, gate, really, that says, so a thought reap an action. So an action, reap a habit. So a habit, reap a character. So a character, reap a destiny. So this idea that it starts with the thought. Whatever's happening, whatever your destiny is unfolding, it's, there was a thought at the beginning of it all. So we can look at our lives and look at the destiny that we're currently living and question the original thought. Why did I get into this? What caused the action? the thought that I was somehow not good enough, that I was lacking, that I wanted something, that I was trying to prove something. There's all kinds of like deep underlying thoughts that if we leave them unexamined can result in a life that is built on a foundation of, you know, fear, anxiety, worry. So Jupiter is asking us to go all the way back to the beginning in this retrograde and ask ourselves why, why am I headed in this direction? And is this still what I want? Um, There's a little phrase that, again, comes from studying the I Ching on this, which is progress is often marked by a slow return to original sincerity. I love that phrase. Progress is often marked by a slow return to to original sincerity. So we have to go back to our original sincerity. What are we sincere about? What is the origin of all of this? And so 
I was thinking of the metaphor of if you were out walking and you take a path out of fear, like, oh, here, here I am at a crossroads. Uh, I'm scared to go that way, so I'm going to go this way. This way looks the nicer way. And then you go down this path and it leads you to a dead end or to a destination that you were hoping for. What would you do? You would turn around, go back, trace your footsteps and get back to the fork and you take the other path. So by returning, 24, we reconnect to our correct path. So even though right now, because Jupiter is retrograde in 24, it might feel like we're going backwards, like all our progress in one direction is being undone. This might be absolutely necessary for us all right now to stop, pause, listen, reassess, so that we can actually wind it back enough to be able to take the other, the right direction. So Jupiter goes direct in gate 24 in February next year. So we're still right now in this stop, wait, retrace your steps a bit, not the forward motion bit just yet. So just don't rush this process. Be willing to go through this reassessment of, hang on a minute, is there a different path that I'm meant to be on? Uh, and, it, you know, it's Jupiter, so it's also a cultural moment. We are also culturally in this moment of, hang on a minute, where are we going? Why? So, yeah, it's um, as opposed to just continuing to blindly push through the undergrowth of this increasingly tangled path that we've got, got ourselves onto. Um, and it may have been a decade ago. You know, Jupiter was last in Gate 24 a decade ago. So we could look at the sort of end of 2011, beginning of 2012 and and, and think, huh, do I have to go that far back <laughs> and reassess that path? Yeah, wow. I've just had a big penny drop for me, just saying. <laughs> just saying. saying. That's exciting. I love the idea of going, ah, tried that. That was the wrong way. I'm going to just go back the other way. I love that idea because, like, it's only when your ego gets involved and gives you a hard time for going in the wrong direction. But really, is it the wrong direction? Of course it's freaking not because you wouldn't be who you are today if you didn't go that way. But what if there's an even better direction? That's the exciting part. So what we were talking about right at the beginning of this podcast, probably even before we hit record, we were talking about, you know, this using continuing this metaphor of the walk. Like, you know, the, the vines are scratching your face and you, it's just tangled undergrowth and you're like what's going on the path was so clear and now it's like eh. it it not, might not be that we need to force our way through this undergrowth we might just need to turn around walk back and pick an easier path isn't that hilarious like i just love that because again it's something that we say over and over and over again it's really learning to live with ease and grace that we're all just practicing. We're building the muscle. You mean what? I can take the easier path. The easier path isn't cheating. No, it's not cheating. It's called alignment. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's fascinating. Sounds exciting. Yeah. So that's where we're at. Amazing. Oh, my goodness. I feel like this episode, there was a lot of notes to be taken, a lot of really powerful journal prompts. So feel free to uh, go back and listen again. I know that I'll definitely be taking some of those questions. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much, Jenny, for being here. Thanks, Emma. We did it. Yeah, we made it. We made it. <laughs> and I didn't have to rush to the bathroom. That's a good thing. That's a really well good done. thing. Um, 
Thank you, everyone, for being here. Um, we just love doing this for you each month and sharing our insights and our stories and our rants, whatever it might be. So thank you so much for being here. I trust you got what you needed from today's episode, and I so look forward to having you on the next one. Bye for now. Thanks, everyone, for being here all the way to the end of the podcast. I hope you got lots of value out of it. I certainly had a lot of fun doing it. Could I please ask that you share this podcast with friends if you found it valuable? And also, bonus points, could you leave a review for me as well on Apple? It would be greatly appreciated. If at any point you would like to be on the podcast or you've got questions that you'd like me to discuss on the podcast, by all means, get on my socials and DM me. Everything you need is there in the show notes. Have an awesome day. Bye for now.